met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk a shattered visage lies whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read. Which yet survives stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works and mighty in despair. Nothing beside remains round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare. The load and level sands stretch far away. tonight or something. Somebody has to help carry me this show tonight. Because I'm still out of it. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> the three of us would probably make one good person tonight. Hi, welcome to your Fear the Walking Dead cast. We are back. And uh, after the short, well, not so short break uh, between the last uh, eight episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, we're back with uh, the Clark crew and other people at the uh, ranch, and I'm back here with two of my regular co-hosts, Brian and Beth Hughes. Hola. Hola. And we're trying to <laughs> gather our energy tonight and, and try to put this yeah. podcast out. And yeah, Christopher is in the background, though he is not, uh, he's not jacked in, so he's not hearing what we're saying. <laughs> oh, so we can talk about him behind his back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do a great Spidey podcast, Christopher. There, that, that's what I said behind his back. I'm playing that. <laughs> but the rest of this podcast will probably be laced with my usual expletives, so you might not want to let him hear anymore. Oh, I just oh he's swear. got his headphones on. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Try to be good, but I can't promise anything. So. Uh, let's launch back into uh, our, our recaps here. We're doing, um, it was the giant jumbo-sized uh, debut again, because they seem to be concentrating the Fear the Walking Dead season significantly, and we'll probably end off with two episodes again. So it was basically episode 9 and 10 tonight, and the first one was Minotaur, Minotaur, Tomato Tomato. I don't know how you guys say Minotaur. Minotaur sound right to you? Minotaur, yeah. Right. Yeah, it does to me. I should know that being an old D&D guy but and Greek mythology guy, but um, I always read it, so I don't know if I was reading it as Minotaur or Minotaur. Regardless, uh, that's the name of the episode. Mm-hmm, that's how with it I am tonight, kids. But we, we do kind of our traditional nice little music montage catch-up time with what all the crew's been doing, and it's a song called Death Is Not The End by Nick Cave and the Seeds. You'll probably be hearing that at the end of the episode, as usual. And we've got Madison waking up in uh, Jeremiah's uh, old house, and he's she's rummaging through his, his office and stuff. Elsewhere, Nick, uh, uh, Troy, and the militia are luring the uh, infected into an ambush. Alicia strenuously works the water pump, but uh, she only uh, gets a few drops out of it, so foreshadowing. Nick kills an infected and gazes towards the border, possibly thinking of Luciana. 
So we're all caught up with what's been going on. Uh, Alicia returns to Jake's quarters with the water that she's collected, and she cleans Jake's face with a damp cloth, and uh, he's having a slow recovery from the anthrax, and maybe she's a little worried that he ain't going to make it. I don't know. Sure, it means nothing. She won't wake up with zombie Jake one of these mornings. She'll keep that knife real close. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Don't fall in love in the apocalypse, Alicia. We tried to warn you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Beth was a great example of that on Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many yeah. boyfriends did she have? And, right. it, and she just got to the point where she'd smile and walk away like it wasn't anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, geez, I'll find another one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> The militia returns to their ATVs and discusses the influx of infected. It's getting a little heavier. It's good to see some some zombies in the zombie show. And Nick suggests that they mend the fences. Troy gives them a little shit, like, oh, I used to mend a lot of fences in in L.A. Nick's like, back the fuck off, dude. Madison searches Otto's desk, and his bloodstain is still there from uh, the murder-slash-fake-suicide. Some of the drawers are still locked. Nick and Troy spot Walker's convoy as it approaches the ranch, and uh, Jake greets the convoy and shakes Walker's hand, and Jake's still sporting a pretty healthy scalping scar, so, you know, that's a little awkward. The ranch is boring. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if his, his... his uh, his malady is is still more the anthrax, or maybe a little uh, little infection going on in the scar. Who knows? From the scalping. Now I wonder what kind of negotiations that they had with Walker and his people about the whole thing, because it seems about as uneven as the the Romulan Treaty of Algeron. Well, I'm not familiar with that particular document, but... Uh. Well, it's basically in Star Trek, it's the one that just says the Federation can't use a cloaking device while everybody else can. Right, yeah, okay, that's right. It never made any sense to me. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing here. You see that, that it you know, Walker's people come in and... Okay, let's give them the guns, let's give them water, let's give them, you know, everything, and give them the keys and, you know, everything. Yeah, presumably it was negotiated by you know, Maddie when she brought him the friggin' head last last half season. I don't know, yeah, it was a little, it, things, have, there's been a little time jump, I, I'm assuming, and maybe there were some negotiations, and, and Walker was probably just like, you know, remember how we could kill you all, and... Although I still don't understand that because they're actually better armed back at the other at the ranch, but yeah, we were led to believe that that the ranchers don't have a choice and aren't particularly happy about it. But that's how diplomacy goes in, in the apocalypse. Uh, so uh, yeah, they they do their little greeting and um, the nation has officially come to live. Broke Jaw uh, Ranch. Auto Ranch, that's all I'm ever going to call it. Uh, Jake leads Walker into the pantry to discuss details of the nation residing there, and Troy walks out, of course, and has to voice his, his disdain for the nation, and he starts butting head with Crazy Dog, who's kind of Walker's right-hand man. Jake assures Walker that unlike Troy, most ranchers, uh, they're not happy with it, but they've accepted the deal. You know, they just want to live. Jake shows Walker the arsenal and gives him one of the two keys required to access it, and he explains they can only access the arsenal when the others is, uh, is present, you know, like the old nuclear keys. Uh, I wish that, that, 
That really seems to be a, a bad system regardless. I mean, you know, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter who the two people are. It's real easy for one person to get held up somewhere or. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it, it's completely useless if you don't adhere to it and just give your key up, which we may learn <laughs> later. <laughs> That's a flaw. No shit. That's kind of a flaw in the system, too. You have to not give the other key up. <laughs> You had to fight for your right. I, I really wish Mike could have joined us tonight because I know he's got some some rage rants for the, for this episode because they're probably similar to mine. <laughs> I know he, he wasn't happy with a couple of Madison's choices in this, and I, I rarely am happy with Madison's choices. Oh, you know, we're I mean, happy. What? You said you were happy? No, I'm rarely happy with... I've been... Oh, I was really... Yeah, I was real agitated with Maddie. I was like, I'm getting real tired of her shit. Well, you guys know me. I'm like uh, Team Queen Alicia the whole way. I think she should just drop her mother and and take over. Which may may happen. (laughs) She may have to. (laughs) Yeah. If she wants to survive. Mm Mm-hmm. So Nick joins Troy at Otto's grave later, and they have a nice little chat about it losing dads to presumably suicide for both. Alleged suicide for both, I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick is in the middle of his uh, story. And uh, Troy blames Otto for killing himself a bit and, and leaving them with a big mess. But, you know, Nick's trying to be like, yeah, and he did it you know, to help us. You know, he's trying to maintain the illusion anyway. Troy doesn't seem to really care. Uh, at the dam, back at our friend Daniel's house, uh, Lola mobilizes her group to distribute water on the street, and Daniel and a, a surprisingly unpissed off Efrain, uh, he's apparently over that whole Daniel torturing him thing, <laughs> urge her to stay behind for her safety, but uh, he insists on joining them. Or she insists on joining them. Crazy Dog and Coop, and Daniel just kind of explains to her, it's like, you're Dante now, for, for good or ill, people are going to either hate you or like you, but you should still say, stay safe, because you're the boss now. Crazy Dog and Coop, a militia man, um, check uh, on Troy's side, basically, uh, check nation warriors and ranchers for weapons at the uh, entrance to the meeting tent. Alicia informs Madison that she is undermining Jake's uh, leadership by back-channeling Walker, and Madison denies that she's been speaking to Walker, but Alicia doesn't believe her. She knows her mom's full of shit. And she's trying to steer her in the right direction. Lola distributes water to desperate people in the streets while Daniel stays on the lookout. Um, the crowd disperses when an infected herd approaches. Which I don't know why they didn't just kind of go over and take care of them. They're like literally all walking in a, str- a line. You know, there are like eight of them just like waiting for people to come up and just crush their skulls with hammers, but whatever. I know, and there weren't that many. <laughs> no. Yeah, that whole robe is set up as a bottleneck anyway, so yeah, it, yeah, it was they, a perfect they, situation for that. Yeah, so I don't know why the the, the flea uh, impulse, well, I do understand the flea impulse when you see zombies heading at you, but if you've lived in this world for a little bit, that's a pretty easy target, all I'm saying. Later in the meeting tent, uh, Jake urges the ranchers to forgive the nation, work toward building a future together. Just a nice little speech. Walker declares that his grudge is good. You know, we're good. Uh, the grudge died with Otto, and uh, he's all about the peace. 
Nick visits Ophelia in the Adobe. She admits to not feeling particularly guilty about killing ranchers with anthrax. And she asks Nick if he feels any guilt for the things he's done, which he has no real answer for. And we get the, uh, we're not so different, you and I, Nick. Yeah. And let the relationship pool begin. Because, uh, I'm, you know. But there is a difference, though, to me. Because if you think about Nick usually does people he doesn't know. He kills people he doesn't know. She did her friends. Right, yeah. That's You know? Now, that's, it, wasn't it, though, that, that she didn't know that she was killing him? I mean, she even, oh, you that's know, true, yeah. bitch, slapped, bitch slapped Jake about it. You know, she was upset about that. She didn't know she was killing him. She just yeah. thought she was, t- you know, incapacitating him. Yeah, but now and, she's, and now, like, not feeling guilty about it. So. Well, no, she has to wear that because everybody's going to blame her for it anyway. You know how people are. It's, yeah. it's like... You know, it's it's a mob, and whenever you have a mob, they're going to blame the person that, that was involved regardless of, of what evidence you have. Yeah. Yeah, and she's smart enough to know that. So, yeah, I think you're right. She's just like, oh, I, what's, the, what's the point of guilt? It's, I'm going to get it either way. You know? <laughs> yep, good call. I don't know. I think it was a shitty call, period, knowing that you are with those people you know, they helped bring your mom into their house, and, you know, that's... Yeah, that I'm not I a just, real fan. I'm not really buying the loyalty that she's built up with the nation in really kind of the short amount of time she's been with them. I mean, I guess Okay, look, been, she's either going to come around or she's going to die. It, it's going to be one of two things. She's not going to be a part of major conflict. She's, she's well, been, that, Unless she decides to be on... The Clark side against Jay. Uh, uh, um, Maybe she's yeah. just on the side of whoever's winning. And well, the the thing is, when her father comes around, and he will, yeah, you know that that changes the whole dynamic anyway. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. She'll be definitely on Daddy's team when that happens. But you know, we're think. missing one whole. We're missing one whole component of all. They're 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 not dealing with one whole component of this as they should. And that is with the the amount of men that they've got there, regardless of any racial inclination to whatever. There's gonna there's got to be some discussion of where's the frickin' alcohol? <laughs> and and what's gonna happen with that alcohol? We need the alcohol and some of us need it more than others. I guess so, man. I I'm I'm hoping people can like put the partying on pause to get shit done in the apocalypse. It's not partying. It's not partying. <laughs> well, the whole town isn't alcoholics, uh, to my knowledge. It was mostly just Otto. <laughs> right. Otto, definitely. Uh, yeah. But, no, the, the thing is, is that, is that it's, it's, a, it's something that hasn't been dealt with at all, except for you know showing Otto's the one alcoholic in all of the all of that area. Right. And no, you're going to have a lot more, especially when you're dealing out in desert area, in, in in that kind of in that kind of land when you're impoverished, when you know all that's go. That's the one thing that most people have that they can cling to and use for whatever. Because they're not. Again, though, I think most of the falling down drunks have been eaten by now. I'm, I'm betting. <laughs> you know, they didn't, make, they didn't really make it to this. Uh, hardcore alcoholics really aren't 
set up well for the apocalypse. So I don't think they've they've weeded out the field a bit. I think you know only the ones with a lot of guns like Otto get to survive this long. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Good point. <laughs> I mean, you know, Nick's Nick's done his share of things, but he's generally done substances that you know are a little more suited to the apocalypse, like opiates that'll kill pain and stuff. I don't know. But I think the reason why Otto survived that long is because of location, location, location. Yeah, and yeah definitely. Nothing to necessarily do with the fact that, you know, he I mean, he was a fall-down drunk kind of guy, so it had to have been location because he's just not that smart. Yeah, location and a shit ton of weapons yeah, and crazy sons that, you know, will shoot up places. <laughs> yeah. But... And, and murder on a dime. Yeah, so I'm just a valid point, Brian. Yeah, they, they don't really address, other than Nick, they've never really addressed, you know, addiction in either show. Um, I thought they did a great job with Nick, though. I mean, you can't get more desperate junkie than sucking off a guy's fucking morphine drip. You know, that's, that's still going to go down in the annals of TV history is... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best junkie scenes ever in my opinion. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, it just gave a whole bunch of junkies a whole lot of ideas. Oh, I don't know how many junkies you've known in your time, but they've already thought of it. Trust me. Uh, they're way ahead of you on that curve. Man, that is so fucked up. <laughs> you know, they play the game, you know, I've been in addiction counseling. A counselor I actually used this in a group once that he's like you know it's like you know how they play the game it's like if you could be stuck with one person on a desert island you know who would it be doctor you know carpenter shit like that you know pick an addict that's away from his drug and that motherfucker will make a raft out of palm leaves and two coconuts to get home to it Which I mean, strange days everyone. I think I've probably said on this podcast before, so forgive me, folks at home. Yeah, I've, I've the Ophelia thing is kind of always stuck in my craw a little bit, Beth, in this season. But I'm willing to give it a pass because it kind of all be erased, as we said, once she gets reunited with Daddy, and then I'll be fucking Team Salazar and look the fuck out, world. Yeah. <laughs> So, choo, 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 Lola, Daniel, meeting tent. I, oh, I was scrolling. That's not good. Nick, uh, yeah, Nick and Ophelia, Walker, edit here, producer. Walker privately asks uh, Madison if she's prepared to handle Troy. Uh, should he become a threat? And she assures him that she is, but uh, who the hell knows with Madison? Troy complains to Jake and this weird edible thing she's got going on with freaking Troy. <laughs> Troy complains to Jake about the peace deal, and Terrence, one of the ranchers, points out to Walker's people. Uh, pointed out that Walker's people killed Gretchen. He was one of the one of the friends uh, smoking with the head there at Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, and after Jake leaves, Troy complains. Uh, about the people that the nation has killed. Gretchen's death is still affecting Terrence, obviously. Alicia finds Walker burying his father's remains in the desert, and she tells him to deal directly with Jake, not Madison. Smart girl, Alicia. Madison pries open a drawer in Otto's desks and finds some documents detailing current water levels at the ranch, and apparently they're not good. 
Also gives us a nice little timestamp though. Is like water levels twenty oh seven to twenty ten. So we got to figure what we're in twenty ten now. You want to do those mental gymnastics right now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Fuck it. Save that for a future episode. So Terrence walks up to Crazy Dog at lunch and pulls a gun from his hoodie, and Crazy Dog spins around, knocking the gun away from him. And a stray bullet hits another member of the nation, but Crazy Dog locks Terrence in a chokehold and apparently nearly chokes him out to death, but releases his victim when Walker steps in. And Alicia later forms Walker that Terrence is probably going to die anyway because he crushed his throat a little bit too much. Walker worries that other ranchers will follow Terrence's example, and he, this is where he demands the second arsenal from Key uh, from Jake so his people can take all the guns... And protect themselves and think that's not going to bug anybody. Madison takes Walker's side, fucking of course, because Maddie just, she plays the field, man. And it's like, whoever's got the upper hand, she's going to go with pretty much. And mm-hmm. she, she convinces Jake somehow to let the nation control the weapons, despite the woman he's sleeping with, who's much smarter, telling him not to. Um, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Madison's super counseling powers, I guess. Professor Xavier wishes he had Madison's friggin' super counseling powers. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Man, you know, just... Yeah, I... You want to run? You just want to jump to the screen and shake them. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Yes. Like, oh, what? No. <laughs> you guys were on the right path, and then you listen to Maddie. Well, you gotta get I conflicts. know, it was so damn bizarre. Yeah, there's there's places where she's useful and there's places where she's not. Yeah. That was a not. <laughs> she be present a lot in the places she's less useful. So, uh, so the militia and Walker's warriors collect weapons from all the ranchers. Uh, thanks, Obama. Yeah, uh, now, 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 do you believe that those people would just give up their stuff like that so easy? I mean, uh, how many how many times have you heard people from the South, from the West, sit there and say, you can have my gun when you can pry it from my cold, dead hands? Well, in, in this ranch in particular, but it's like, it's the kind of thing, is like when you're facing six armed men at your door and you're one old lady with a, a pistol, it's like, well, <laughs> it's a moment of truth time. <laughs> and sometimes that. The odds aren't, you know, you can do the math on something like that. You, you know, you you can die for your beliefs in the Second Amendment, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, or you can give up your gun and live to fight another day. So, yeah, it was, I think it was a little commentary on that. Um, probably would have been more realistic to see at least one guy go down shooting, you know. Um, but uh, I think we're getting to that because young Troy... <laughs> Is about to go get his gun taken, uh, but but not really. Getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, Nick tells Madison that he can handle Troy, uh, but Nat- Madison worries that Troy will try to kill Nick if he finds out that Nick killed Otto. Valid concern. Mm-hmm. But Nick is not sure. He's like, oh, maybe you'll just you know tell me that was lame. You know, dude, why'd you do me like that, bro? Probably not. But Madison, Nick, and Walker go to Otto's house to collect the weapons from Troy. And when Walker heads upstairs to check the house, Troy grabs a gun from Otto's desk, ordering everybody out. And Nick tries to play the peacekeeper, of course. And Troy fires his little warning shot into the ceiling. Everyone clears out, and Nick stays behind with Troy. 
And Madison promises Walker that she can fix the situation with Troy and Nick. And inexplicably, Walker just says, yeah, okay, fuck it. You know, where probably the, the smart, tactical, strategic thing to do would be just go in and waste both of them, because you can do that. <laughs> but, again, magical Maddie powers. Uh, I, just, I just don't get it. Yeah, that, that they, they should have capped Troy at that point. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should have both ended up being hit by some kind of bullet. Pretty much. I mean, it should have just... It's you know, so damn bizarre. Yeah. I could see, like, if if Walker and, and Nick had had a little more interaction, Nick convincing him that he could de-escalate things, but I just don't really understand why he think that he would trust Maddie to... Uh, he says it later. He's like, oh, she's willing to do anything, you know. That's not always a good thing. Yeah. Anywho, we needed it for Maddie X Machina for, for the plot development. <laughs> <laughs> Inside, Troy opens a secret cache of weapons and suggests that they snipe Walker's people from upstairs, and he's uh, Nick urges Troy to honor Otto's self-sacrifice and stand down, but Troy's mind is made up and he hands Rick and, uh, Nick a rifle. Madison urges Troy and Nick to disarm, of course, but they're interrupted by gunfire. The nation decides to go in. Troy fires back. Walker's men enter Otto's home and open fire. Troy saves Nick from Crazy Dog and gets a knife through his hand uh, in the process. And Nick and Troy take cover in an upstairs bedroom, and Troy pre- prepares for the final stand. And I got a total... Let's see if this reference is lost on you. Tom Cruise and Taps. It's beautiful, man. Oh, it's beautiful, yeah, man. Yeah, he literally said that. And that's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's either that. Or, at first, I'm like, Full Metal Jacket? I'm like, no, no, this is Tom Cruise and Taps, definitely. Fucking beautiful, man. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched that in a long time. Beth watched it like six months ago. Really? I, I love that. I saw Maybe it less theater. than that. Maybe yeah, three months than... ago. Yeah. yeah, George C. Scott and Chaos in the Military Academy. You had me at George C. Scott. So, yeah. <laughs> Back at the dam. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Water, Lola counsels Daniel to stop looking for Ophelia. She needs him and is worried his hope will only lead to heartbreak. And. Back at the, uh, the, the OK Corral, and uh, Nick pleads with Troy to give up the fight. And Nick finally confesses to Troy that he killed Otto. And Troy is stunned and aims his gun at Nick, but decides not to shoot inexplicably. And Walker's men barge into the room and, and, and capture them both. Yeah, not sure what Nick's play was here. I guess he distracted him long enough, but uh, really no... Either of you think that Troy wouldn't just fucking cap him at that point? <laughs> it's it's a no fear weighed in policy of Nick that's yeah. that's served him so well in the in the Walker apocalypse. You know, yeah, well, he probably inherited some of Maddie's mind powers. You know, that shit's got to be genetic. Again, so the the great geneticist Mister Xavier would say. Um, <laughs> But I think Troy really believes wholeheartedly that he's, I mean, yeah, he is as fucked up as he is, but that he would come over to the dark side, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's, I don't know, which, that's bugged me a little bit, too, his his and Nick's little, you know, stepbrother's friendship there that, you know. Well, bromance, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you, you know. 
neither one of them should trust the other like at all you know essentially considering what they've been through um with Troy's little experiments back in the last half of the season uh but I, I mean, Nick's been kind of like keep your enemies closer type thing, but I'm just kind of astounded that it's worked. <laughs> well, hell, if Madison can keep that kind of relationship with Troy, that, you know, I don't know, mother lover relationship, then yeah, why that, not Nick? That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a little Oedipus wreck. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it, I was kind of a little surprised that this. I kind of figured something like this was coming, but I didn't think they'd they'd get right to it like this. I thought we'd see a little more of uh, Troy on on Maddie's strings, puppet strings first. But no, it, that escalated quickly as Ron Burke No, it, once you, once you brought in Walker and his people, you knew that 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 the the whole Troy storyline had to escalate. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no other way for it to go. So they yeah, it made, it made sense to me. I guess I'm more surprised that they just brought Walker in, as you guys were saying, so quickly, like, without, you know, any kind of from here to there story. But I guess from here to there was the last three months that we've been waiting. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then there they are, so quickly. Mm-hmm. Hey, but, you know, it moves the story along. We're not, uh, you know, one thing we all seem to like about this one, as opposed to the other one, is that they do kind of stuff a lot into half a season and and do some fast traveling and uh, maybe too much. Not Game of Thrones level, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> no teleporting ravens and dragons in this one, at least. Yeah. Uh, although a zombie dragon would, well, yeah. We might have zombie dragons. I'm not We, we got one of those, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next day, Madison and Walker discuss punishments for Troy, and logically enough, uh, Troy and Nick and Madison you know, says the obvious thing that killing Troy would only make him a martyr. So they exile him. And uh, Madison forbids Walker from killing Nick or exiling him. And Walker's just like, oh, okay. Um, for no reason. Just, again, just kind of... I've got a Maddie nitpick this whole episode, these two episodes. And it's just like, why is everybody listening to this woman so much? <laughs> Walker should just be like, no, he's fucked up. He was shooting at us, too. Or we think he was. He doesn't know if he was shooting at him. We're like, no, they both got to go. But whatever. Just wonder if maybe Madison and Walker haven't been doing other things we haven't seen. Maybe Madison's got him under thrall that way. <laughs> it's the only thing I can... Well, Walker was doing Ophelia, right? Right, yeah. So, but but she may have chilled on that since he, um, you know, serving up the anthrax coffee. Yeah, him making her a murderer thing. Yeah, that that tends to put a little wedge in the relationship occasionally. Little anthrax blend probably costs as much as that uh, Kopi Luwak stuff. Uh, (laughs) But didn't she seem a little too close to? the brother, uh, Crazy not dog? Kimo Savi, but Tonto. Crazy dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that's, that was great. That was a great line. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, do they know what the word Tonto means? I, I don't. I should. I, I knew that at one point. Kimo uh, trusted friend, right? Okay, true. What, babe? What's well, Tonto Tonto's mean? <laughs> the dumbass, right? Tonto? Fool. Oh, Tonto. Yeah. yeah, Tonto. Oh, I don't know. La suerte de los tontos. Fortune of the fools. You know, uh, it's... 
But yeah, so Lone Ranger is calling his his partner fool the whole time. <laughs> oh, you should have stuck arrow in that asshole. What, what, what's up with that? <laughs> well, again, Tonto is a Native American. He doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> True. So I'm I'm thinking maybe his name wasn't meant to be in Spanish. I'm hoping. Right. <laughs> I can't. You just destroyed my whole childhood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, vision of the Lone Ranger, man. <laughs> Can't deal with this right now. <laughs> well, you know, it, the next thing I'll ruin the William Tell overture for you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I got nothing on that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a setup. It was a stage. Uh, it was a fake arrow. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so anyway, Madison gets a full pardon for, for Nick. Well, not a full pardon by any means. He does get in a little trouble. Lola and Defrin uh, distribute water to a crowd, and Manny accuses them of controlling the dam for personal gain. It's like, then I wouldn't be giving you water, asshole. We'd be selling it to you. But Daniel rushes Lola to the truck. Is that Wait, the wait. Hmm? Hold, hold, hold on. I, I just want to know, why the hell... Have they not released the water? They said that if they had the water and they were controlling it, that they would give it back to the people. So why in the hell are they trying to take trucks out and give people water? What well, was that hosted about? Well, I think Daniel probably has some influence there. He knows. I think they're looking at it more realistically that you can't just, you know, turn more, on more a pragmatically. Spigot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that uh, you know they're trying to serve everybody, but it's getting out of control a bit. And well, I was just why. curious: was there a reason behind it that stopped them from doing it? I mean, was it, were there walkers in the tunnels where they had to go turn it on? Or, I mean, I, I was just curious. Was I missing something? She, she well, did. Uh, Lola did mention something about there being more more walkers, like coming up against one particular wall or something, didn't she? I think so, but I, I, I think what's happening here is more along the lines of what's happening at the ranch with the well. Right. Yeah. It's that it's that the water they've got less water than they expected, so the dam is a great place to stockpile it and then you know, dole it out, rather than just opening up the floodgates and letting the, the, the whole thing run dry. Yeah, cause because there's a lot more waste that way. And Daniel's Daniel's not going to give up. You know, he as I said he's he's in her ear and he's he's constantly advising her on shit, obviously. And he's probably just like, no, you have to do this right, or people are just gonna, you know, trample each other for for it, you know. And I think it really is just kind of for security purposes and and pragmatic uh, purposes that they're doling it out like this. Because I don't recall. I mean, you don't see them like trading for it; they are giving it away, basically. Correct. Well, that's just it. And some, like in the market, they were trading for it. But yeah. in in the streets, they were giving it away. Right. So, you know, it leaves me to wonder, well, if they're going to be trading for it, I get it. But if they're not going to constantly be trading for food or something else that they need, then what's the point? Well, we don't know how much the lady at the market, you know, where she got the water, if it was from the dam or she probably, I mean, she probably obtained a large amount from from Dante before he left us, you know, and everything. So 
I think they're still just kind of figuring out a system that's better than Dante's and, you know, but still flawed because, well, we're being taught that everyone's going to still want, you know, what they want, when they want, you know, everyone's not quite down with the uh, austerity, you know, (laughs) factor in the, uh, in the apocalypse. They're, they're still kind of tied into the old world where you can just turn on a faucet and get it when you want it. So, yeah, you have to be a bully or stand up to the bully and that's, you know, and, and, you know, Lola just doesn't want to be the bully. To, yeah. to everybody, and that's you. You see from her, she's got the conflict there that so many put in positions of leadership, you know, go up against. You know, do I follow my conscience or do I do what everybody says I have to do to keep this thing going right? Yeah, that's why we're seeing like basically Efren, you know, kind of is the the angel on one shoulder, and Daniel's going to be the the pragmatic <laughs> devil on the other of Lola. Uh, right, and. Uh, and Daniel's going to always take on the hard line and be like, you know, survival first. Uh, you you got to do stuff from a position of power or, it, or it's all going to crumble eventually. Or someone's going to push you off your own dam, you know, and put a bullet in your head. Right. Your dam. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that's the another truth. bullet. <laughs> I think Daniel's whole reason for continuing to stay there is knowing eventually, you know, his daughter will come there for water. Lord knows the Uh, word is out. That's where you get it. You know where Ephraim came from? No. Where? He was one of the kids from Fame. Okay. The TV series back in the in the eighties. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was he was uh, Jesse Velasquez. Oh shit. Wow, I have to watch that too. I'm most embarrassed to say. Um. <laughs> oh, he was also he was also the uh, the not the 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 cartel guy from uh, Con Air. Okay, wow, I haven't watched that one in ages either. Oh, that's a great one. I still want to do a commentary on that. <laughs> Nobody's done a good commentary on our network in a while. Somebody's due to do one. That's for sure. Well, Christopher and I want to do War of the Gargantuas, but. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. Oh, if you need help on that one, let me know. I love that movie. <laughs> All right, where were you? Jake, uh, of course, tells Troy the punishment that's been handed down for him, and Troy's like, yeah, no problem, I get it. Um, and he says that Madison is the one who takes him into exile. You know, Walker gives Troy provisions. Uh, he's basically, probably she's the only one he feels safe with. Walker uh, gives Troy provisions, a, a knife, a gun, and one bullet in case he doesn't want to live. And a nation warrior escorts Nick uh, to the outhouse, basically, for imprisonment. Madison and, uh, I think, guess his name is Claw, maybe, or something like that, get in a truck and uh, drive Troy into the desert. And Madison parks in the middle of the desert. Troy gets a hold of Claw's knife and stabs him dead. And Madison aims a gun at Troy and orders him to go. He wrestles Why didn't her. she kill him? Why didn't she just kill I, him? I, I kill him, kill him, kill him. Madison he because is... To, yeah. Because she wanted to be breast-held. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Because it doesn't make any sense to me yeah, either. <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense for her to, to let him live. She should have shot him dead, capped his ass, done it right between the eyes, and been done with it. Yeah, well, she's, she must, you know, I don't even want to go there with my head. Uh, he wrestles her and reveals that he knows about Nick killing Otto, and Madison regains control and points the gun at him, and as we say, 
does not shoot him, and Troy walks off into the desert alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that was right. so uncomfortable to sit yeah. there and watch him just hold on to her. I'm just like, really? She must be enjoying this shit. She's letting it go on a little too long. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just makes me so uncomfortable to watch those moments. Me too. Yeah. I, I should be steeled against it by now because my other, you know, one of my favorite shows. We've got sister fucking and aunt fucking going on. So, it does, you know, raise the question: How can you cross that mom-ish line? That's that's where it gets weird, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering, how come at the beginning of the show they don't have a warning on them? They got violence, they got language. How come they don't have Oedipal erotica? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's got to be about the most disturbing stuff on TV. Well, you know, we just uh, we just talked about uh, Preacher episode 10 last night. So. I, well, I, I guess if you don't have walkers yeah. in the scene, you need something to creep you out. I think once you once you set the bar of, of Jesus having sex, uh, then you're pretty much the, the doors are open at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god! Yikes! We missed you last night. Kind oh, of I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Completely inappropriate for I, I think <laughs> I think you know, as someone sits there and looks back upon this age of television, they're going to call it in a in a new golden age of television. AMC was the hustler of the channels. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry I missed yesterday. I really did feel terrible. I still am not feeling myself, but I feel well enough to come on, you guys. So I think we bro- we broke our record for mentions of anal sex last night. So yeah, you missed a milestone, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I was surprised. I was, the, and it wasn't even hair metal hero. It was me. I'm ashamed. Kind of. <laughs> not. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Okay. Well, let's roll right into episode 10 called The Diviner. And Nick is wilting in the hot box from the window slit. He can see an infected Troy possibly walking towards him. Zombie Troy. Uh, suddenly, Troy falls to the ground, catching himself with a somersault into a grand finish. And uh, I think there are some Willy Wonka fans in the writer's <laughs> room this week. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't just me, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was totally Willie stumbling out with his cane yeah. and doing the the somersault into his. He even does the arms out, you know. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and Troy unlocks the hot box after a little discussion and helps Nick out. Only Nick finds himself still trapped in the box, and he apparently hallucinated the whole encounter, or maybe. So I'm encounter. just curious: is the asshole dead or not? I, I, I. Is it just it. a hallucination, or is he? It was just dead? a hallucination, or at least him letting him out. I don't know if maybe Troy did sneak I mean, back up there or not. You got to figure that in Nick's, you know, drug life, he has tried virtually anything he can get his hands on, and some things like LSD can come back to you, especially under situations of extreme stress, and you know, like when you're being, you know, bled out like that. You know, he's in there just sweating his whole guts out. All the sodium's getting out of his system, yeah. he's going to start just regressing and having all sorts of weird flashbacks and such. So there is no surprise in my mind of, of him having that kind of... Uh, so you've never taken LSD, I take it, Brian? <laughs> 
No, I have not. I have not. No, it, it no, doesn't no, no. Really, it doesn't really work like that. No. No. <laughs> so yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I would save a lot of money if it did. Let's just put it that way. You know, I would just uh, turn up the heat you, in the middle of summer and I could have uh, free buzzes. You are real. Everything about you is real. This lamp, your couch. In 10 years, it's going to be 1984. Think about that. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, babe. I'm throwing out almost famous quotes. How do I, how do I, how do I know it when it's kicked in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. You do not always climb up on the roof and yell, I am a golden god. I just want to state that, too. It can happen. That's possible as well. It, it did happen to Robert Plant. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> All right, where are we here? Uh, yep, so Nick hallucinating. Uh, Madison Walker looked upon a nearly depleted reservoir, and Madison tells Walker that Otto was aware of the low reserves, but apparently didn't give a fuck. And she insists they keep the water situation a secret in order to maintain the peace at the ranch, and Walker's like, oh, okay, Maddie. Um, but she actually has good advice this time. Walker suggests that they buy water from a trading post in Mexicali. Madison and Walker tell Alicia, Jake, Ophelia, and Crazy Dog they will be gone for a couple of days to secure some extra water and let them in on the bad secret. In the meantime, they instruct uh, them to enforce water rationing across the ranch, which I just... Good idea, I guess, but w way to have the leaders of the camp basically leave and then, yeah. you know, it's not like they're not going to catch on that they're maybe low on water. So, yeah, let's start the panic right off. This is the Star Trek. The leaders are gone. Star <laughs> Trek mistake. Send some red shirts. Yeah. You know, send, yes, send, yeah, send someone that can negotiate. Someone, someone that knows how to get things like Nick. But yeah. don't, yeah, of course he's locked up, but still, yeah, you don't send the, the two leaders that have been holding everything together. That's like sending... But he, no, okay, well. he was locked up, but he wasn't locked up at the time when they found out the reserves were no longer there. Right. It, so. I mean, my, my whole thing on that whole... That was just... I, it made me so mad because I'm sitting there and Alicia's, I mean, really, I have to give my hats off to the girl because she's got some real leadership skills. If they would just fucking listen to her, yeah. none of this would be happening right now, you know? Pretty much. They, and on top of everything else, since when in the hell do you send the two leaders off? Where you would normally send Nick and Alicia off to go and take care of getting water, especially when the camp is so volatile like that. And let's be fair. Well, Walker doesn't know it, but Madison doesn't have the best of luck in shopping etiquette either. Uh, it's pretty yeah, and a precedent for that. And the writer of the episode just got off of Into the Badlands, so yeah, he always sends the leaders out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't you think the kid who uh, traded anything and did anything to get his drugs would be the guy you want to go get your water? He's had success before. Um, better yeah, than but, Maddie. But, you know, he probably Maddie's not six a, cases of scotch. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the whole Pinocchio, not Pinocchio, but uh, Jack and the Beanstalk syndrome here because you send Nick off to get you know, water, he's going to come back with whatever he can get, which may not be water. It could be 1,600 
uh, cases of urine for all we know. But hey, there's water in there. You can yeah. drink it. It's filter. sterile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that is the one. Yeah. So you send two people. Nick is one of them. But you yeah, still but Nick is more capable. Wait yeah. a minute. Hold on now, because uh, hold on, because Nick has been a lot more capable than his mother lately. Yeah. Well, I guess they. I. I mean, I thought it was just stupid. Maddie's irrelevant. I mean, she's not really the leader. You don't send Walker or Jake, though. You you send, you know, some underling that can get it done. Well, well, but that's the problem there is that, that, you know, of Walker's crew. You you send Nick and Tonto. Yeah, you send Nick and Tonto. That would have been the best, best thing to do. Or Nick and Ophelia. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, you get know. Ophelia out of everybody's sight, and everybody, true. all the detention yeah. level goes down. Yeah, that's true too. You know, uh, you also have to send people the community trust, I guess, as well. But I don't know. No, they had to pick Maddie though, and and hilarity ensues as always. Uh, <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, and Walker go on a midnight run. Doesn't work out for him surprisingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, it sounds uh, like a show. <laughs> yeah. Maddie and Walker. Actually, before I forget again, I, I want to give props to the actor, and I don't know his name off the top of my head, that, that plays Troy in that last episode. I just thought he did a bang. He's really done a great job with the character um, the whole time. Kid's an actual pretty good actor. And, Daniel, Daniel Sherman. And if you saw him on... Um Talking dead afterwards. Of course, you're probably freaked out by the British accent. No, once no, again, they're all. taking our jobs. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty much expected <laughs> at this point. If an American does show up on that couch, I'd be alarmed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, just he, he really I didn't like him at first. But then you're not supposed to. So I, I guess he's really doing his job. But he, he just he he sells it, man. He sells the crazy, but uh, he sells the human side of it, too. Um, And there's my little tangent. Where are we here? Uh, Then Madison, uh, you know, tells Alicia, basically, that they only have six weeks. And she gives Alicia six weeks of water life, and she gives Alicia uh, a radio, you know, to, to stay in touch, which is eventually useless. Uh, Madison stops by the hot box to give water to Nick and then departs with Walker in a water tanker. Crazy Dog releases Nick from the hot box and Alicia brings him back to the house to uh, inform of the water rationing and, and give her, you know, <laughs> give her poor dehydrated brother, you know, tells him he has to stop drinking. Yeah, not only that, you've been in a shit box for two days and you can't bathe. Yeah, that's going to be... <laughs> Nick might have to spend the night outside. Uh Right. But we do have, we do have a case of Clorox wipes you can use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything. The ranchers complain to Jake about the rationing, and Alicia scolds them. And uh, this is a great scene um, with that actress, Alicia something Debney something, um, my alternate universe wife. Uh, <laughs> He scolds them and urges them to trust Jake. And as I, I, my notes here just say, just make Alicia the leader now. It's just, why are we even waiting any more? Walker and uh, Madison make camp for the night, and uh, she touches base with Alicia over the radio and asks about Nick. And Walker tells Madison that she's being overprotective, Mom. 
in the middle of the night, Coop and Blake visit Nick and thank him for helping Troy fight the nation. And they give Nick the last rancher-controlled gun and, and want to rebuild the militia to fight back. And I, I don't know if I completely bought that. I guess because he made the standard with Troy. Yeah, it was like liked. it was like that scene in Hiding Out where they made John Cryer run for class president. You know, it, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought they voted Nick to be president pretty quickly. <laughs> you would think that one of Otto's more loyal people would have been like, yeah, fuck this, I'm keeping this. There class. aren't any. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you know, all the all the old families are gone, you know, killed yeah. themselves or got killed. And yeah, so you, all this left of the sheep. That's all that is left out there yeah. is the sheep, the mob. And yeah, they, but if they have you, to have somebody if, to sit there and be unreasonable in front of them to allow them to be unreasonable. But if you honestly thought for one minute that the guy was in there with your feared leader, the guy who ran shit, the crazy ass, and you were in there with the crazy ass, and the crazy ass is no longer there, they would look up to you thinking you're just as a crazy ass as he is, and you're right. going to get them somewhere. Right, so right. I guess you can't really blame them. I would nope. be immediately suspicious that Nick didn't get exiled too it's like why'd you get off the hook you know that that's classic because like, nick's like, mommy the is there they know his mama <laughs> yeah his mommy's there yeah so his brother's there and they, they let him kick him out so i don't know why nick would have special protection the the other but it isn't it isn't like jake ran to his defense either no, he didn't. No, but again, you would still think there would be mumblings about, well, what the fuck is this? You know, we, we can't give an auto a pass, but we give this pretty much stranger. This guy just got here like a month ago a pass, so I don't know. Just a couple cracks in the the, the, the concrete of the writers in this one. That's all I thought, but they're forgiven because it's still, they're kicking ass on the acting and, and most of the story. I love how this actually ends up, though, too. Uh, ranchers and nation members line up at the water to collect uh, well to collect their rations and Ophelia and Crazy Dog oversee the rationing but Blake tells Nick that he saw one of the nation women double dip at the well so the suspicion and paranoia starts Madison and Walker drive to a large trading post at a stadium and Walker takes a canister of gold out of a box and Madison and Walker surrender their weapons at a checkpoint, and uh, Madison reluctantly, not that reluctantly, trades her radio to pay for the admission to the trading post. Which why didn't Walker just uh, offer up some of the gold he was bringing in? I, I'm surprised that gold is even a commodity at this point. Right, actually, I thought that was kind of a nice little commentary on. I listen to a lot of overnight radio. Yeah, the radio is actually much more valuable than anything Walker had. But, yeah, again, I think it's showing that people still... I listen to all this overnight conspiracy theory radio, and the, the ads are always buy gold, buy gold for, you know, the coming times, and it's going to be a secure currency. And it's just like, no, it's going to be fucking worthless metal for the most part, you know, after a point. But I think we're we're still seeing that people are in that mindset again. That you know they think that the shiny objects are going to be worth something to someone. When it's like, no, fuck that! I want a cup of water. You know, shit, no shit. My commodity would be digging a well. Yeah, it's like, can you eat that? I I don't think you can eat that. I'd rather have a steak. <laughs> Give me a cow. <laughs> you know? Right. Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> fucking shiny metal is, is going to look real nice on my corpse, but uh, that's about it. And, and on the auto I'll ranges, the, are there I'll any be the animals? zombie with the most bling in the hood, yo. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, on the auto ranch, are there animals? Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, the one guy talks about needing water for his cow, remember? Or his that's horse right. Or something. And yeah. Walker's yep. got brought their horses, didn't they? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the radio's gone. I'm sure that won't come back to haunt them in any way. Uh, Madison and Walker enter the trading post, and they find the outpost packed with bustling stalls and customers selling everything imaginable. Uh, Alicia visits Ophelia and Crazy Dog and suggests that they devise a system to ensure that no one double dips from the well. You know, it, it's, it is funny, though, going back to that market that they went into. Beth and I had just gone to, like, a couple uh, flea markets over in the, the Hispanic side of town. Mm-hmm. Look the same. Sure. Well, you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a structure to a flea market type open air market except they didn't at at this particular one that we just saw on on the show that we didn't see the luchadors fighting beth and i we actually saw some luchadors (laughs) fighting that is true (laughs) (laughs) well they're all being used as security guards right now (laughs) that only works in pre-apocalypse markets (laughs) no 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 you got the guy with that with the big mask on it then all of a sudden you got master blaster yeah, there you go. Well, see, nobody, they've seen that movie. Nobody wants that to happen. No. No, <laughs> no we didn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now i got to throw some Tina Turner in here. Fuck. <laughs> out in the ruins Out from the wreckage the charges of double dipping and brings up a rumor that the militia is rebuilding and Alicia's like, oh, you fucking killed most of it, remember? Well, who's who's gonna assemble? Um, <laughs> Blake and Coop gather ranchers to form a new militia. Apparently there, there are a few of them. But Nick Nick is like rocking a hard place time. It's like, oh my god, these, you know, if I don't play the game right now, these fuckers will probably kill me. So he just kind of warns them, but the, but he's also probably thinking it's like they are also apparently idiots, so I can hopefully do this. And he, he warns them against attacking the nation prematurely, but uh, suggests that they take action if the nation push, pushes any further. And Alicia admonishes Nick for harboring a gun. And Nick just points out, he's like, they fucking gave it to me. You know, kind of, what are they, what am I going to do? They're listening to me, you know, uh, so hopefully I can steer them into not getting us all killed. And it's better I have it. They might hurt themselves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, they're ready to just go after, you know, let's get them. It's like, um, they have all the automatic weapons, guys. Remember, you have 
a pistol. This is not going to fucking end well. <laughs> the Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. <laughs> you know, raging patriotism only takes you so far in a firefight. There was a firefight! Alicia says they only trust him because they don't know that he killed Otto. What kind of duh, but she accuses of Nick uh, of killing Otto for Madison, which kind of did. Alicia tries to reach uh, Madison over the radio, but gets no response. I wonder why. Madison Walker approached uh, Maria Lou at the trading post and asked for 10,000 gallons of water. And Walker presents her with the gold and offers to give her a dozen more car- canisters. And she's like, yeah, I will think about this. I'd like your shiny metal and I will consider it. Victor Ekmachina literally drops at Madison's feet because we needed an appearance, apparently. <laughs> She's being With excellent timing. Yes, well, that's, yep. Yeah, it just literally plump. Oh, and here's Victor. Uh, he's been roughed up by a gang of men who work for the proctor of the place. Uh, the man who runs the trading post, he uh, tries to help us. She tries to help Strand. And Maria Lou calls off the deal once she realizes that Madison is friends with Strand, who owes a debt to, to Proctor. Madison attacks the men and flees with Strand and Walker, and he leads them to a little hideout he's got. Strand tells Madison that he plans to reconnect with a friend who controls a dam near Tijuana, and they rest for the night. And Victor's pretty much, of course, completely full of shit at this point, and he's trying to play Maddie, and I'm sure that won't bite him in the ass at all. Um, Because, as we know, he last... Dante wasn't happy with him. Daniel was all done with his shit. And so I don't know what friend he thinks he's got back at the dam, but... Whatever. Uh, the truth and Victor have never been really well, great friends. Now, that's the thing. When they were sitting there having their little conversation, did he say anything about Ophelia? Not really, did no. he, he didn't no. ask her about Ophelia. He asked her about the rest, and he figured out about Travis. But, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just... But I think uh, Victor's basically playing the same thing he was with Daniel, you know, with Matt. Yeah. That, you know, oh, yeah, they're back at the hotel. And he's just like, to get out, he's just like, oh, yeah, I know where a whole shitload of water is, and they'll just give it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd buy that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the next day, Alicia catches one of the ranchers taking a second turn at the well, and a nation member calls the rancher a thief, and everyone's like, well, they're doing it, they're doing it. And a fight breaks out, and Alicia silences the crowd and reveals that they only have six weeks of water left, and then mayhem ensues further. Crazy Dog shoots a gun and orders the crowd to back away from the well, and Nick guards the well with his gun, is joined by the other ranchers, and uh, a little standoff, and Ophelia convinces Crazy Dog to back off. Of an uneasy piece. Walker follows Maria Lou around the trading post, trying to keep a low profile and, and repair the deal. And Madison catches up with Strand in the hideout, and uh, they do have a nice little moment where he learns about Travis's death and just kind of puts his arm out and, and says, God's a feckless thug. And Maddie's like, God had nothing to do with it. It was mostly my stupid decisions. Oh, no, she didn't say that. That was me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's more dangerous than God. Uh, the guards buy and barge in with Walker as their captive, and Walker says the guards had to threaten, uh, threaten to kill the, the lot of them because Victor owes this debt, and he has to pay it off, or they're not going either because now they're like tied to him. 
Yeah, and he he needs to pay off the proctor by defending the front gate while being chained to it. And uh, Strand urges Madison to leave and go be with his family, or her family. But Alicia walks watches over the camp as the gathers ranchers or the ranchers gather some weapons. They're going to try their own little hand to hand revolution. And she sees nation members through the binocular finding water with a dowsing rod, i.e. the diviner, and preparing to dig a new well. Walker tells Madison that he salvaged the water deal and that they will get their water in the morning. The militia discusses strategies to overtake the nation. Uh, Nick suggests they should avoid bloodshed because they're going to get fucking slaughtered uh, by simply disarming them, which uh, Nick's even being Victor Strand at this point. He's just like, yeah, we'll just take their guns away and no one will have to kill each other. And they're kind of like, oh, I guess I could work. <laughs> There's no fucking way that could work. But no good, way. Good on you, Nick, for the delaying tactic. <laughs> Proctor's men chain Strand up outside a stadium gate and grabs a hammer and, and, and starts his, his daily job. Next morning, Walker brings the gold to Maria Lou, only to find that all the canisters are empty, because why? Maddie! Okay. Hurricane Maddie, yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Proctor's men release Strand from his chains because Madison has stolen the gold and paid his debt. And Walker ain't happy, of course. He's like, you just killed everyone at the camp. Do you realize that? And she's like, no, no, I didn't, because there's this magical fucking dam that's just going to give us water, and we should go there now. Yeah. Because this guy that you don't even fucking know told me so. It's a con man. So I believe him. Just... This she is, got drunk with him at a bar. She trusts him. This is the sound of a facepalm on a podcast, folks, right here. Uh, and I'm I was sure it. that they were going to get it on in that bar. Through this. I mean, episode. it still could happen. Oh, just you you just rest your pretty blonde head about it, Beth. It'll happen eventually. Uh, blonde? Wait, what? I, I know. Red. Red. <laughs> no, that's what he said to Maddie as he was, he was uh, being uh, led to the wall earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick... <laughs> Nick and the militia, uh, the militia, the militia sneak up to, this is my cousin <laughs> militia, uh, Nick and the militia sneak up to the adobe with, uh, guns and they see Alicia digging a new well with the nation and Coop tells to remove her from harm's way, but, uh, Nick instead, uh, well, we'll get there. Um, it, and also yeah, in the uh, other did adobe. Did you happen with, to notice that they were digging this on the side of a hill? I didn't, but. Oh, it wasn't really. It looked pretty flat. No, the, some shots there. looked like it was like down a hill. It was like halfway down the hill. I mean, yeah. it was like one of those French Batman yeah. scenes almost, the way they had the angle of the camera. If it was flat, you know, flat on the ground. They showed the backside of it, which they were actually kind of like in a hill, in, in a mound, I guess. Uh, uh, I don't know. You're in a hole. the dowsing rod, man. It's, yeah, but it's yeah. still pulling the water from the same place. It's fucking voodoo magic, man. <laughs> Shit happens. Fucking Native American <laughs> magic, man. <laughs> Can't see the eyes of the demon. more gold or water. <laughs> Till he come a calling. Till him come calling. <laughs> King Willie for president. <laughs> Is there anyone who emails us at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com with uh, where that bad reference came from? 
That was not a bad reference. That was an awesome reference. That is an awesome reference. I love that. I've gotten to play that clip a couple times, too. So inside the other Adobe, Ophelia and Crazy Dog lie and wait for the militia ready to counterattack. But Nick gives his gun to Blake and, and goes and joins Alicia and Crazy Dog and Ophelia do the peace thing too and leave their weapons behind and go outside and our final scene is Nick, Alicia, Ophelia, Crazy Dog and other ranchers and nation members all joining together to dig So yeah but how come there wasn't any good digging songs if I had a hammer I'd hammer in the morning alright throw digging in the dirt on the end of this possibly (laughs) that would be appropriate alright I'm making note of that digging there she was, just a walking down the street, singing do a diddy diddy dum diddy diddy. Or working in a chain gang. There's a good one. Yeah. Well, in the yeah. <laughs> or no, working in the coal mine. I'm thinking of the uh, working in the Devo. Devo, yeah. Hi, yeah. spuds. Okay. <laughs> But so a nice little kind of hopeful ending to this episode that where things could have gone very badly and then who do we have to thank? The Clark Alicia. Kids. The Clark Kids. Yeah. And now Tornado Maddie will soon come back and fuck everything up beyond words, I'm sure. <laughs> like she does. Yeah, so I mean I'm just waiting. Uh Maddie Humperdew. Is... <laughs> Maddie's so... Maddie's gonna end up at the <laughs> Maddie's going to end up at the bottom of that well. That's that's my prediction for the rest of this this season. Uh, if I have to climb into that TV and push her in myself. <laughs> no, well, I think know, she's, she's going to have a... Uh, up and I just am like, yeah, that thought comes to mind. <laughs> no, I, I think what's going to happen ultimately is that she's going to first start having visions of Travis showing up everywhere. Oh, no. And then she's going to like lose a, you know, have an aneurysm out in the street in front of a bunch of people telling them how stupid they are. And, you know, someone's going to come knock her out, knock the sense back into her. And then she's going to straighten up and lead everybody to victory. Wait a minute. Sure. Yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> that's the unrealistic plot of the other show. Uh, <laughs> it's the other person that should not be in charge of a group of people. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah so very it's hard to stay hopeful because that was a great last scene but you know we may have to play some hippie music over that one actually come on people now (laughs) brother grab a shovel and we'll all just dig together right now (laughs) take that Dr. Bill (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so that's all I got folks and I'm apparently getting silly but I, overall, I, I did enjoy these episodes, uh, the Maddie Nipics notwithstanding, but that's kind of become the norm on this show. So, yeah, but what, but what hey, do you think? she makes our podcast interesting. Yeah, yeah, the thing is, we're swirling around the toilet again with the plot lines. You know, everything's you know, everybody gets spread apart and they're getting pushed back together, and it, it's it's happened again. It's like the toilet just got flushed. And, and so eventually, Daniel, uh, Strand, Ophelia, Maddie, Nick, and, and uh, Alicia are going to get, you know, rejoined with each other as one big happy family. I mean, is no, that they do, won't. Do you, do you think no, that, they won't. The minute Daniel finds that Maddie was about to off his daughter, yeah, shit's yeah, about to get real. That's going to get, yeah. Um, and I just, again, it's like, I, I, I knew that they, that had to happen, Brian, but I mean, I'm just not real happy that the whole 
Vic, it's going to come down to Victor conning Maddie into basically, you know, Maddie's going to like have to start a war with fucking Daniel and the dam or something for this to go. <laughs> yeah, but well, really, why would you when you know for real where his daughter's at? Right, yeah. That's why her. not She's use the bargaining her? Chip. Yeah, she is the bargain. Oh, God, so. yes. Yeah. I'd kidnap her ass in a minute. <laughs> but, of course, as we said, Strand doesn't really know about Ophelia yet, does he? He didn't ask about her. He didn't ask about her, but he's got to be hoping that, you know, that they've got something. Because, or at least, you know, they're, they're going to be able to barter with uh, Daniel. You know, he's going he's gonna to clue them in, or he's, or, or he's going to, you know, just flat-out ask. You know anything about so. Ophelia? Because that right there is the big bargaining chip to get all the water. Yeah, I still kind of hope. I, I do like Strand, but Daniel's really just probably going to shoot him <laughs> eventually. Well, it's hard to trust Maddie for sure when you've got him by your side. Uh, it makes it almost impossible to trust anything she says when Victor's next to you. I think Walker probably should have been like, look, how about you give me my gold back, you keep these two for your wall, <laughs> and let them work it off. But I'm, I didn't but, agree to this shit. But see, <laughs> it was Daniel, my gold, motherfuckers. Yeah, Daniel wouldn't just shoot Strand, though. He would do like the Russian mobster in Limitlessness. He would fillet him. It's a great word, fillet. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure he didn't really expect him to survive after he kind of abandoned him, but... Uh, well, I'm still not buying how Victor does survive. His said his diplomacy skills and his bargaining skills seem woefully inadequate for this particular world. Keeps getting himself in trouble more than anything. Uh, hey, yeah, he's, he was in a cage when we first met him. So <laughs> right, but he has survived up to this point. I mean, yeah. that, that's the whole thing is that he has found a way to survive up to this point, and that that speaks volumes. You know, he's got nothing to offer anybody, and still he survived. And here, just through the maddening luck of Maddie showing up there, he survived. He's he's going to con the wrong person one of these days, though. And they're and they're not going to have any more of it. <laughs> You know, I expected that to be Daniel. I, I think Daniel did expect him to be like, "You're done, dude. You won't make it." I I, I expect a, a scene more like where he runs into an old woman who looks at him and just slaps him in the face, and she says, "Why didn't you call your mama?" <laughs> I, I'm not getting that reference. <laughs> uh, born loser? Is it born losers? Uh, no, it's uh, um. Tim Robbins and Martin Lawrence. And, Tim Robbins, nothing yeah, to lose. Nothing to lose, yeah. But I, I mean, just you know, like his if his if his mother were to ever show up, she's the one person to be able to make him cry. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He was he was almost crying when Daniel was abandoning him. <laughs> no shit. And the Oscar for crying in an abandonment situation goes to Victor Strand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It was a nice scene between him and Maddie, though. I thought it was cool to see him offer her some comfort. She really hasn't taken much for Travis since it happened, so it was kind of nice. But, but And that's the whole thing he was playing on, is it, that she was comfortable with him, and she felt comfortable with him. Right. Especially yeah, so. with everything that had happened. So, of course, he's going to you know use her and, and, and probably screw things up 
and then everyone's going to be mad at both of them. And He can't do any worse than she's done. And then the Clark kids will finally be free of those <laughs> cancerous people, and, and, and they'll build a new society for us. And then the show will get really boring, but, you know... Yeah, the that's thing the is, but the thing is, is that once things start working good for everybody, that's the point where Nick self-destructs. Possibly, you know, uh, something's going to have to happen. Yeah, he's, you know, he's going to, he'll, he'll need something. Right now, he's speeding on the juice of all the tension and all the adrenaline it brings. But this, as soon as things calm down, Nick's going to go off the reservation somehow. He, he, I, he, I don't know. I kind of hope he has a more triumphant. And then that or doesn't slip into that. It sounds like they're setting up this this proctor, you know, of the stadium apocalypse mark um, as a potential big bad down the road. I mean, it's got to come down to, you know, battle for the water, essentially. So kind of a battle between the dam and the, the people at the market. Um that, now, that wasn't the same Apocalypse Mart we saw earlier, right? That no. Near Tijuana, this is right. Mexicali, so... Yeah. I wasn't certain on that, and I'm like, if it is, like, why the hell would they even let Maddie back in there, but... Yeah. Um, it's well, a crazy probably, white woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's... I'm surprised more people, like, in the, the nerd clickbait press haven't... haven't jumped on that and it's like why is everyone listening to this fucking white woman in, in Mexico and in the middle of all these Native Americans and stuff <laughs> and you know someone's going to make the joke white privilege well you know she's she's kind of the poster child for it in the show it's yeah. like everyone just listens to her and she makes horrible choices but I you know if the, the writers have been smart for the most part and even when they kind of botch her I think it's leading to yeah, we we got to see Lady Maddie, Maddie Beth's downfall, or, or you know the story doesn't play out right. And said apparently the the Clark kids have their shit pretty well together, and hopefully it stays that way. And Alicia for Queen of the Apocalypse. I'm just gonna keep saying <laughs> it till it happens. But I think eventually it will. She's one of the better actors on this show, and, and they're giving her some good stuff. So, yeah, if they're smart, they'll stick with her. So, who's going to be who's going to be Maggie, uh, Maddie's next conquest? Because as much as you guys like it, her and Strand are not going to come together. And you know, Troy I never just... said that I liked it. I just <laughs> said that. Yeah, you know, I, mean... I saw that happening long ago. Mm-hmm. Right, but you know it's funny because you you made a, a comment there just a moment ago uh, when you said Maddie May. And I was thinking of the, of the song Maggie May, which of course is about a cougar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and know. her boy toy. Hopefully, and there's another song you can put on at the end. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she'll, she'll maybe find someone a little close to her age and not crazy. That uh, that would be my advice, my dear Abby advice to Maddie right now. Uh, stay away from the young and psycho. Preferably, probably stay away from the the your age but con man. And there's, you know, there's got to be some better middle ground there. You know, the Not Native me. American guy might be available, and apparently he's already wrapped around your fingers. So I can go for it. <laughs> and being being a stepmom to uh, uh, Felicia, is it Felicia? Alicia, not Alicia, but uh-huh. uh, being Daniel's main squeeze wouldn't be a bad idea either. He's True. much older than her, though. 
Don't matter. Yeah, maybe. I don't see men age better than us. Yeah, I don't see Daniel getting involved with anybody. Probably not. I mean, he's he's all about his wife. Yep. Um, you know, surprised he's not still talking to her. Uh, oh, he is. He definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Just nobody's around to see it. He just thinks he's invincible. That's what they call a functioning paranoid schizophrenic. True. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, no, I don't think. I never got the sense that Maddie cared enough about Travis for her to start, you know, picking up the the ghost telephone and talking to him. It's, he's he's already forgotten. I think, maybe not. She she let her armor crack a little bit with Victor, but that's probably gonna end up biting her in the ass. So well done, the wrong person to share your secrets with. <laughs> and here no, she cool. is telling the one person you don't tell your secrets to. Another <laughs> <laughs> good almost famous reference. <laughs> yes. But, you know, maybe maybe Strand's goal in all this isn't just to, to get them to get the water. Maybe his goal is to get Nick back, you know, in his clutches. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our minds went to that creepy place, you know, early on, too. You know. uh, who knows? I think I called it on one of our first podcasts before you guys maybe even joined, a, joined us. That it's like, oh, I don't know. Victor seems to like Rick or Nick a little too much. <laughs> And this is before we knew he literally went for guys, but so, I don't know. Right. I, I never saw it as, as anything like that. I, I saw it as simply, that is a tool I can use. Right. And, you know, but still, again, I, I have to say that's going to bite him in the ass sooner other than later. Uh, especially if he's, I don't know. I really don't know where this is going. That's exciting. That's why I love this show. Cause I just I don't know what they're going to give us. They do constantly surprise me, even when they frustrate me. So, and that is true. Just kind of frustrates me. <laughs> but, uh, the other show should be pretty straightforward this season. Just be a lot of people fucking dying. So, <laughs> you know, it's not much you can, you know, I don't think we're going to need a lot of filler episodes next season. We shall wait to see. Coming up in October already. That's why they're going to like just cruise through this. There's going to be well, there's only eight episodes, so it's going to be you know, again probably like they'll do a double one for the the finale too, and so we'll be done with this in a few weeks. Well, don't they? They they want to be done before regular Walking Dead proper starts back up. Yeah, so. it usually ends like the weekend right before. So. Yeah, we've been we've been very fortunate with the TV we've gotten this year, because as every good series has ended, there's been something new to come on to take its place and fill the gaps. Yeah, and then like fucking eight of them hit all in October, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> but shall we wrap it up, kids? Absolutely. We shall. Next time, copyright Next Andrew time. Oh, on an all no. new episode. <laughs> I'm not. No, I don't want to mess with that crazy Brett, man. Copyrights will come after me. Oh, no, no. He's good. <laughs> but, yes, uh, we'll be back uh, next week for episodes three. Just episode three, really, not episodes three. That would not make sense. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get some of our other cast. Mike Zumo said had a thing. Well, hopefully, everyone enjoyed today's podcast. Yes, hopefully. And if not, we made it anyway. Uh, it's out there. Nothing we can do about it now. So, hopefully, yes, you did enjoy it. Uh, Professor Allen, you're always welcome on here, of course. And, and David Pascarella, thanks for listening. 
We'll talk to you later. Bye now. Adios. Adios. You've been listening to Fear the Walking Deadcast on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Fear the Walking Deadcast is produced by Scott McGregor and Beth and Brian Hughes. Email us at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. Love is but a song we sing. Fears we will die. You can make the mountains ring. Oh, make the angels cry. Though the bird is on the wing, and you may not know why. Come on, people now, smile.